Welcome to the Baptist Pulpit. This podcast is designed to introduce to the audience Baptist preachers, both living currently in America or across the world, and also to introduce classic speakers, men of the past. There were Baptist preachers that have inspired men like myself for years to preach the Word of God. And they also, through their preaching, highlight Baptistic principles. Thank you for listening to The Baptist Pulpit. Our speaker for today is Pastor Kenneth B. Jones, Jr. He was saved in 1985 and then about 10 years later entered the gospel ministry. He currently is the senior pastor at Maranatha Baptist Church in Covington, Indiana. Praise the Lord for good men in the state of Indiana that are faithful in preaching the Word of God. Pray that this message will be a blessing to you today. Amen. And uh, thankful again to be able to come and preach the word of God to you. And again, just uh, boy, just your facilities. This is uh, the first time I actually got to see the whole church, and uh, this is this is a blessing and get to see it. And uh, can I say this? Th- this doesn't happen everywhere. Um, I get the opportunity sometimes to, to preach out, and, and uh, you know, especially during this season, there's a lot of churches that are struggling right now. And uh, but I'm glad to see people who are faithful to the Lord's house. And assembling together and, again, encouraging one another. Amen. And that's a blessing. And, again, to be able to share the gospel and still going out and soul winning. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. That's what God called us to do, right? And that's what his desire is for us. If you have your Bibles, if you would open up to Psalms 134. Psalms 134. And, again, it was mentioned that we usually have your group down with us. Again, our ensemble. Uh, your guys' ensemble, again, with us. It seems like it's always on Mother's Day or around that time. And uh, now our church is getting to the point where they're like, all right, Mother's Day's coming. Is Fairhaven coming? And uh, it, it's like they're not asking about flowers or mother and daughter banquet. They're asking, is Fairhaven coming? And uh, so that's a blessing, and I, I appreciate that. And, uh, again, uh, just always a good job. And they do a good job uh, with our church and encouragement. And, again, Brother Dame, I appreciate you having me uh, I joked with him about this a minute. Now, I'm going to tell you this a little bit. Uh, I do joke, okay, uh, just so you know, all right? Uh, I, you're, you're going to hear it. And I joke fast, which means it might take you a few minutes, and then you laugh, and it's okay, all right? Uh, but uh, Brother Kyle has joked with me before. He said that uh, 
I'm almost as uh, go, go, go as Brother Dameron with the moving around and constantly have to do things. And uh, I saw him taking notes, and that, that's the way I am. When I'm standing there, church service going on, I'm taking notes, going, all right, well, where's so-and-so? I need to make a visit, need to send a call. And that's a pastor for you. Again, loving his people and desiring to, uh, to be a blessing. So uh, Psalms 134, it's, it's a, it's a, again, it's a short uh, Psalm 134. It's the last Psalm of degree. If you go ahead and stand in reverence to the Word of God, not to me. Uh, again, just preparing for the four-hour message. And uh, that was a joke. Uh, Psalms 134. Psalm 134. The Bible says in verse number 1, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made thee and, and earth, uh, and earth uh, bless thee out of Zion. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to help us and to guide us tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord God, one more time as I bow in your presence, Lord, the need of the hour tonight is not me. It needs to be your word and, again, what you have and what you once said, I believe with all my heart. You have sent me here tonight with a message. I don't know the who, I don't know the why, and I don't know the reasoning. But, God, I I know that this is your word. And, Lord God, I pray that you would untie my tongue, settle my heart, my spirit. Lord God, I pray again, you fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to only say things that would be necessary and needful. Lord God, bind my mouth from ignorance or foolishness. I pray that you bring scripture, Lord, illustrations that would best clarify your word tonight to my heart and my mind. Lord, again, I pray for, for home church. Lord, I pray that you just be with Brother Cooper as he brings the word. And Lord God, that, that our, our church would respond. Lord, again, I ask that you just give ears to hear and a willingness to obey. Lord, above everything tonight, I ask there be anyone here that doesn't know you really know you in the, the wonderful gift of salvation. I pray, God, that tonight they would get that settled. Lord God, they'd go out of this place knowing you. Pray that you watch over Amy and the rest of them, Lord, at home, give her safety. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. Amen. If you'll notice at the top of this particular psalm, there's a certain scripture that says, Song of Degrees. Now, some of you know this. This starts about uh, Psalm 120, and uh, there's 15 psalms of degrees. And there's a lot of kind of debate over why, uh, what they would do with these particular psalms. And again, I know there's 15 books on different sides of this. A lot of, some guys think that this was a, a psalm that they sang after they, they came out of Babylon, and it was something that they would sing to encourage each other on their way home. Some other folks, again, just looking through some things, think it was also a song that they may have sung as, as they were building the, the temple and uh, that, that every level they would kind of sing a different psalm each day. But one of the other ones that I really enjoyed and I liked made the comment, there was a couple of them, they believed that this was a psalm that they would sing to encourage each other on their way to the tabernacle, to encourage one another as they were preparing for the services. I've thought about that before. Wouldn't that be a blessing if we were encouraging each other on our way to church? I mean, uh, again, think about this in, in Psalms 120. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. And could you imagine somebody, you know, dad saying that in, in, the, in the front of the car and kind of saying uh, words of encouragement. And then mom kind of pipes in and says, I, I will lift mine eyes into the hills where, the, where my help cometh. And maybe the kids come uh, in and, and stick their heads in the front seat, and they say, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we came to the house of God already encouraged? Amen. 
Now, again, another writer, again, you can look at these things later, has put this as maybe possibly of different elevations of our lives as we grow closer to the Lord. Now, if you went that route, as this was a song that they sang to encourage each other, or this was something in a time of uh, in growth and development, then Psalm 30, 134 would have been the last one. I notice that the Bible says this, Behold, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. So as you read this and you put those thoughts together, and again, you look in the book of Leviticus and and understand some of what's going on, there was a night shift that worked in the tabernacle. Now, please remember that uh, the tabernacle was to be a picture of, of heaven. So the fire had to continually go. And again, historians believe you can read this and know about it. But uh, there would be a group of people that would go in, and, and I hate to call it this, but who would work the graveyard shift. They would work the night shift. And this would be believed that this was a psalm that they would sing to one another or in, say to one another as an encouragement for those who were the servants who worked the night shift, if you will. Can I say this today? You know, there's some seasons of life where you have to work the graveyard shift. There's some seasons of life where the things that are taking place, the difficulties, the ups and the downs of life, where you are on a, in an area of life where it seems like maybe that you're working the night shift. I, many years ago, I, I worked before I, before I became a, a pastor, before I got in the ministry, I was a, I was an anhydrous ammonia engineer. That sounds fancy, but it's not. But uh, my job, I worked at a dairy and uh, I had to work the night shift Often, And there's a lot of interesting things that happen on the night shift. Can I say this tonight? I believe that there's some things that happen on the night watch, if you will. The graveyard shift that I believe as God's children, we, we can identify to our hearts and our lives. I, I want to look at a few things tonight. And again, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll preach. I'll try to be quick. I have mastered preaching short. That's free. <laughs> Uh, it, it's being quick that I don't. But I, I want us to look at a couple things. I want you to think to, to yourself for a minute, those of you who've ever worked the graveyard shift or the night shift, there are, there are some definite challenges to working the graveyard shift. Uh, though, is anybody here, I, I don't have my glasses on, but you wave your hand. Has anybody here ever worked third shift, graveyard shift? Okay, good, good, amen. So some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, when you're working the third shift or the graveyard shift, things are a little bit different. First of all, the, the, when you're working, the, one of the conflicts you have to deal with is that it's dark. Yeah, right? Can I say this? There are some seasons in your life where you have to enter into, and it seems like that you're shrouded in darkness. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're saying, well, preacher, no, that, that can't be. Uh, you know, as long as I'm saved, I'll never go through trials. I'll never go through adversities. Look, if you will, over, over to Isaiah chapter number 50. Did you bring your Bible tonight? You're going to use it. <laughs> Isaiah chapter number 50. See, whether we like it or not, there are some seasons of life where things will be difficult. And there'll be some seasons of life where we might not understand exactly what's going on. Again, I I mention this often. uh, Again, I know that there's a group, there's a movement, uh, the name it and claim it crowd that that says, oh, if if you live the the best life, you'll never have to suffer. Well, Paul said we were going to have to suffer. And Jesus said we're going to have to suffer. So we know there are seasons like this. But Isaiah chapter number 50, look at verse number 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord? Now that sounds to me like somebody who's walking close to him and knows in the Bible says, fear of the Lord's the beginning of knowledge and understanding. 
Who the fear of the Lord that obeyeth the voice of his servant, now listen this, that walketh in darkness and hath no light, let him trust in the name of, 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 of the Lord and stay upon his God. Can I say this today that there are seasons of your life where you're not going to understand what's going on around you. There are going to be some seasons of your life that, that, that are going to be the graveyard shift and you're, you're not going to be really exactly sure what happens. I found out a long time ago that in, in the night, in the darkness, sometimes our mind can play tricks on you. Now, I, I like to hunt. I, again, I, I like to, I, well, I like to sit in a tree stand. I think I hunt, but nothing ever comes my way. But I found out a lot of times when you're sitting in the woods, your mind starts to play tricks on you. I remember a few years ago, I was sitting in my tree stand and I thought to myself, I thought, that has to be the biggest buck I've ever seen. It's got, it, it, it spread is this big, 96 points. I'm sure that I'm going to be in the record book. And, and as I watched the sun come up, I got more and more excited. Oh, there's another point. There's another point. And then as the sun finally hit it, I realized it was a tree branch. See, whether we like it or not, there are seasons of our life where it's darkness begins to play tricks on our mind. Then we start to play the what-if game. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but but the devil comes in and he says, Well, you know what? I, I thought God loved you. Why are you going through this difficult season? I thought God cared for you. Uh, why are you going through this, this hardship? Uh, can God really, really handle this? Can he take care of that? Can I say this? What you've learned in the light will carry you through in the night. There are going to be seasons of your life where you're not going to understand. And it's going to be a dark season and, and dark places of our life. But not only is it a dark time of our lives, uh, there's going to be some times, uh, again, when you read this scripture, that some of the seasons you go into will be a deserted place. Again, when you read this out, according to what I've read in the scriptures and what I've read some of the history, uh, when they worked the graveyard ship, there was only about 24 Levites, a few priests, and one captain of the guard. Now, during these seasons, when things are difficult, don't be surprised if some people that were close to you back off. Because whether we like it or not, sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes you go through a valley or a trial, and, and, and to be honest with you, people will say things like, I feel your pain, but the truth of it is they don't understand what you're dealing with. Uh, several several months ago, we had a lady in our church, and and uh, her husband had passed away, and some of our other widows uh, wanted to try to be an encouragement, and they came to her, and they said, you know, I know what you're going through, and I understand what you're going through. Uh, the problem was that this lady's husband was only 52, and she thought to herself, well, they don't understand. They, they got to enjoy their husband up to their 80s or up to their 70s. I only got to enjoy my husband for 30 years and, and they don't understand. Can I say this? You're going to go through some valleys and some trials in your life that whether you like it or not, other people are not going to be able to understand. Sometimes when you're in a dark area, again, it's deserted and there are a lot less attaboys. A lot less people saying, keep it up, keep up the good work. A lot of people like to work in the third shift because the boss isn't there. But can I say this, sometimes when, when it seems like you're not seeing people coming and going into the tabernacle, it'd be very easy for them to say, what's the point? Can I say this today, sometimes when you go through a dark area, a dark time of your life, you may ask yourself, what's the point of coming to church? What's the point of serving the Lord? What's the point? It seems like through this trial and this adversity, I'm not exactly sure what's going on in my life. I've said this before, uh, Churches can be scary places in the night. 
I, I like to, I do my study and uh, my heart preparation on, on Saturday night before the services, and and I try to I, I do my time of just reading through my scriptures again. And uh, I remember several years ago, I was in the church, and it was about it's about ten o'clock at night, and I'm shutting lights off, getting ready to head home, and all of a sudden I heard, "Get thee behind me, Satan!" You know, weird stuff happens in churches. And I remember I thought, okay, I don't know what that was. I'm getting out of here. And I noticed there was a light on downstairs, and our church has a basement, so I noticed the light was on and thought, you know, it's just till morning I can leave it. (sighs) Baptist bucks are hard to come by, so I went down to shut the light off. I went down. About the time I flipped the switch, it did it again. (laughs) I'm sorry, that that messed me up. (laughs) Lord, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> Flip the light back on. Go down. I'm looking around, looking our back door, our side door. Nothing. Okay, everything's fine. It's just something weird. Started to walk back up the stairs. <sighs> Lord, just kill it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Please. In the name of Christ, I compel you, kill it, please. Walked down there, waited. It's in the nursery. You know, a lot of problems are in the nursery. (laughs) I went in there, flipped the light on, and one of the toys in the toy box had fallen over. (sighs) Can I say this sometimes in dark seasons when you're all alone? You start to question a lot of things. You start to wonder what's going on. You start to wonder about, uh, is it worth the battle? The, the enemy seems so real. The Bible lets, it warns us and tells us, it, it says that our enemy, our, that Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And when we realize that we have a real enemy in those dark places, he begins to come against us. And he tries to tell us things like, nobody cares. He tries to tell us things like, uh, you'll never make it through this. And he begins to play mind games, if you will. Can I say this? Not only is it a dark place, not only is it a deserted place, but it is also a dangerous place. Because during this particular season, you think about this on the night watch. Isn't it interesting that most crimes happen at night? I mean, aren't we shocked when we, a daylight robbing? We, we get shocked by that because someone would do that. The Bible said that men are lovers of, of darkness because their deeds are evil. Can I say this? In the darkest of nights, that's when the enemy comes around. It's through those seasons that he comes. And in the Bible, Jesus said it this way, that, the, uh, that Satan was a thief and he was a liar. And because of that, well, wonderful truth here is that when we know what he is and who he is, we don't have to listen to him. I met a lot of folks that say, well, preacher, you know, I, I was going through a valley. I was going through a, a tough time in my life. And, uh, and the devil told me. And I said, why do you listen to him? He's a liar. Can I help you out? If he's telling you today that the Lord doesn't care, he's a liar. You can tell him I said so because I don't talk to him. The truth of it is, as a child of God, when the dark seasons of our life and the night shift and the graveyard shift, that that's when the devil comes in and he tries to steal. He tries to steal your joy. He he tries to steal your love and and he tries to steal the promises that you have on God and and you have in God. But not only that, the Bible calls him not only a thief, but he calls him a murderer. He tries to destroy marriages. 
He tries to destroy relationships, relationships with your, uh, with your, your family, relationships with your pastor, relationships with other church members. I've said this before, a lot of times as a pastor, when I see somebody in our church go through a hardship, I try to watch real close. Because sometimes in those seasons, they get the fight or flight syndrome. They're going through a valley and next thing you know, the, the husband and wife are bickering with one another or, or they get to that place where they say, you know what, I, I just, what's the point? And they take off running. Can I say this? If you're in a valley in the, in the season of darkness, do not run. You will hurt yourself and you'll hurt others. Again, when you look at all these scriptures, you think to yourself, yeah, that's what he does. One of the things, if you look over in Isaiah chapter number 26, One of the things I love so much, and this is why memorizing scripture is important. Because during dark seasons, when our mind begins to play tricks and and begin to think things that that twist and turn and the what if and and the possibilities, we need the word of God to meditate. When when Satan says, well, God doesn't love you, Satan says things like uh, that he doesn't care. Uh, uh, Isaiah chapter number 26. Notice what it says in verse number 4. Isaiah 26 Verse number, let's start with three. It gives us a good start there. Isaiah 26, verse number three. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is your everlasting strength. I love this. This word everlasting here uh, in the Hebrews is the word amawan, and it means beyond the vanishing point. Here's the principle. God's love is everlasting. God's strength is everlasting. It's beyond what you can understand or even comprehend. Just a little word picture for you. If you've ever been to Turkey Run or or you've ever been out on a hike, then you, you come to these points where you'll see a creek. And if you look to your left, you can only see that creek going so far, but yet you know it goes further than what you can see. You, you look to your, you look to your right and you can see that creek and you know that it only goes so far. But you know it goes further than where you can see, right? See, God's love, God's strength is further than you can see. More than you can understand and comprehend. Can I say this today? There's a lot of challenges working the night shift. Being in the graveyard season. Notice, if you will, back to our our main text. And I promise you I'm going to get to our text all the way. Don't get nervous and say, oh, he's just jumping there. He's not going anywhere. I'm going somewhere. Notice what it says in verse number 1, Psalm 34. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. I want you to remember this. This is not to the backslider. See, now there is God's chastisement. Can I say this? That your sins will find you out. But this is not talking about chastisement. And this is not even talking about crosses to bear. The Bible says that we're supposed to pick up our cross and carry our cross. There are seasons in our life where we make the decision to carry the cross. But can I say this? That this is talking to folks in seasons where they don't even know what's going on. We talked about the, the problems or, or, if you will, the, the challenges of the night shift. But can I talk to you tonight about the choice of the night shift? See, you look at this and you say, preacher, I'm going through trial, I'm going through an adversity, and I didn't even pick it. 
According to the scriptures, the word of God, those who worked, those who served in the, in the house of God, they did it. The Bible uses the word, they did it by, by course. They did it by, by an ordinance called a course. And what they, they would have a rotation. Can I say this? The men who were working the graveyard shift, the men who were working the night shift, they didn't have a choice. It was their turn. Can I say this tonight? Sometimes you go through trials and adversity in your life that you don't have a choice in the matter. See, a lot of folks that they, they, they think, Lord, I, I want you to use me. I, I want you, I want you to use me where I can be a, a blessing to my family, a blessing to those who are lost. But the truth of it is, sometimes God picks the way He's going to do that. Most people don't say, Oh, pick me. I, I, I want cancer. Oh, pick me. Pick me. I, I hope, I hope that I lose my job. Can I say this? There are some seasons in your life that you do not have a choice for what's taking place in your life. You, you don't get to make the call. You, you don't get to make those des- decisions. You know what's wonderful about this? That means God made this decision for me. And if God made this decision for me, that means I'm at an appointed place in my life. Think about this. Again, sometimes we look at the controversy or the adversity that we deal with. You realize that God made sure that you would be alive in 2021? Again, I heard somebody say this the other day. You know, I, I, I wish that, that, that I would, uh, I would have been born a hundred years ago. That would be great. Amen. Again, some of you, I, I wear cowboy boots. I, I remember when, uh, when I was in, uh, well, when I was finishing up in seminary, I, one of the professors said, Brother Jones, I really have, I've just got one piece of, of advice I'd like to give you. It's just a pet peeve. I just want to mention it to you. Maybe you should consider not wearing cowboy boots. I said, okay, and, and he said, I just think it distracts from the message, and, and I think people, it catches their eye, and, and they can't focus. And I said, well, what about the stool? And he said, what stool? I said, I'd have to have something to be able to see over the platform and see over the pulpit. He said, just think about it. <laughs> but the truth of it is, I, I've said this before, you know, if, if, I, I, wish, I wish I could have been a cowboy. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to carry a gun all the time? In front of everybody. Some of you are nervous already. <laughs> and, and for me, for me, I say stupid things all the time. I would be dead. I would be dead, really. You think because you're six foot eight that I'm going to stop and listen to you? Bam, you're dead. That's it. <laughs> you realize that God appointed you to be alive right now? Preacher, I don't understand what's going on. The world around us, listen, the Bible said that the world around us would be the way it is right now. God's not up there going, oh, I can't believe that the COVID, I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, I don't know, I don't know what my children are going to do. See, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has just occurred to God? The, the wonderful truth is this, is that you are here now because God said this is the season, this is the life that you will shine. It's an appointed place. And because it's an appointed place, we can have trust that God will handle all the adversity and all the problems. Uh, Again, when we look at the word of God, we we realize that his hand guides us. Look, if you will, in Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. Again, when we understand, we don't have to wonder why we're going through what we're going through. But because we know that God said this is the season, this is the time. And again, please, one more time, I'm not talking about if you're living in sin, then that's chastisement and you need to deal with that. But sometimes you go through adversities and you say to yourself, I I don't know why this is happening. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 25. It says, but if we hope that we see not, then we do with patience. Wait for it. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helped with infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for, as we offer the Spirit itself make intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. There are times in our lives where we just don't even know what to say. But it searcheth the heart and knoweth the mind of the Spirit, because it maketh intercession of the saints according to the will, notice this, according to the will of God. Those seasons when we don't know what to say and we say, God, give me wisdom. He knows what his will is. And this is an appointed time. Can I say this? If it's an appointed time, then it's an appropriate time, right? It means that whatever you're going through, whatever God tells you to do, it is appropriate. I remember years ago, we had a man in our church, Brother Wayne Holy Cross, and he was a good, faithful man, God, and He ended up being in the hospital for for several months. And and I remember that while he was there, uh, I'd I'd go up to visit him. And and it seemed like every single week, I'd go up and, and, uh, Brother Wayne, good to see you. We have a word of prayer and we'd talk a little bit. And someone would come in the room and and, and be a nurse and he'd say, Hey, tell my pastor, tell my pastor about what happened to you last week. And that nurse would get, get into tears and she would begin to cry, Oh, I accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd go back the next week and uh, there would be a, an orderly that would be walking around and he'd say, hey, come here, come here, come here. T- tell my pastor what happened to you this morning. And this big burly guy says, oh, I accepted Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some would say, well, that's inappropriate. Can I say that is perfectly appropriate? This is the time and the season. If, it's, if, if, if we get to this area where it's not our choice and it's not our plan, then, then we realize that God has appointed it. And it's an advantageous place. Think about with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All of the eyes of the known world were all upon Nebuchadnezzar and his stupid statue. But at the end of it, all eyes were on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and that fourth man that was in the fire. Can I say this today? Sometimes you go through seasons and difficulties and you don't understand what's taking place. But it's in that particular season that God says, I'm going to use you for the most good. Years ago, I know I've shared this probably with others, but my brother was in a car accident in uh, in 2013. My little brother is 6'3", 250 pounds. In the car accident, uh, everything, I won't go into the whole thing, but... He was in a coma for a year. And, and through everything, all that took place in that particular season, the doctors came and they, they told us things like, you Christians are so ignorant. Don't you realize, we, we've done this thousands of times. We know exactly what's going to happen. He, he's he's going he's gonna to go into seizures and epileptic fits. And, and eventually he's just going to die. He's going to be a vegetable. And for one year, they seemed like they were telling the truth. For one year, we watched him, and, and can I say this? Television lies to you. People in comas don't just wake up and tell you, hey, I remember my, my, my zip code from 20 years ago. It woke up very slowly. Very slow. They, told us, they first told us that he was going to die. Well, first of all, he lived a year and a half. Then they told us, because of the accident, they had to take out a piece of his brain about the size of a, of a quarter. And they said, well, the part we took out, he'll never be able to talk. Not only does he talk, he sings. They told us that, well, because of that, he'll be paralyzed. He'll never be able to, to move his arms. He, he'll, he, he'll never be able to live without a trach. One of the first things when his arms started moving, he was pulling the trach out. They said, well, okay, well, then this is, this is what's going to happen. He'll never, ever walk or stand up again. He'll be paralyzed the rest of his life. At this moment, he stands up for 45 minutes a day and can walk 15 feet. 
And he's at church every Sunday praising the Lord. Listen, see, doctors don't know everything. And through that season, three nurses got saved. Through that season, a doctor called on Christ. A doctor. They know everything, right? Through that season, six of my brother's friends received Christ. But more importantly to me, our sister, my, my sister was a very bitter atheist. She, she didn't, she went, went to church, didn't believe in God, didn't believe in the things of God. She was a very angry, bitter woman. But through all that, she accepted Christ. And this is what she said. She said, I would have never believed except for I watched you guys pray and pray. And I watched you guys trust God and trust God. And in the middle, listen, in the middle of the dark seasons, in the hardships of life, in the midnight seasons, that might be that prayer you've been praying for for years where God gives it the fertile ground that it might bring forth the seed that needs to be sown. But you don't know. Okay, preacher. You have been everywhere. We talked about the challenge. We talked about the choice. Well, now we're going to get into the text. It'll be quick, I promise you. I want to talk about the charge. If this is, if this is, a song of degrees is a song of encouragement. If this is something they would sing to each other to encourage each other who are working the midnight shift, then this would be some advice that they would be given. Can I say this tonight? If you're in the graveyard shift, if you're in the night shift, this is the advice the Word of God has given. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. That word, bless the Lord, when you, when you kind of dig into it and, and you take it apart, that particular word, bless the Lord, means to, to give reverence to or, or to bow the knee, uh, to be humble towards. Can I say this? Sometimes in the midnight seasons, in the difficult seasons of life, you just got to bow down and say, Lord, I, I don't know what's going on, but I still love you. There are some seasons in your life where you, you, you just got to, you got to just, I hate to say it this way, you just got to bow the knee. There are some seasons in your life when you might not understand what's taking place, but humility is where we start. Can I say this? A lot of times when we get into seasons like this, we buck up against God, don't we? Lord, why me? Why now? I've been serving you. I've been faithful. I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. I read my Bible. I pray. I tithe. I soul win. All these things I do. Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why my family? Why now? Can I say this? This is a good time of life just to say, Lord, I don't understand. Though they, though you slay me, yet will I serve you. And again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they didn't understand what was going on that moment. And they didn't know whether God was going to deliver them. But they knew that he was able and that that golden image was not their God. What has to happen is that through these seasons, you've got to remember that he's still in control. He's still in control of what's taking place in your life. And these seasons, these midnight shifts, these dark nights, these are the seasons where we need to come to him and say, Lord, I don't understand, but I still trust you. I still trust you. Now I'm going to get real weird for a bunch of Baptists. Is that okay? You don't have to have me. (laughs) I usually come with a warning I hope you did you do that Sunday morning? Look, you be careful, this guy. He's notice what it says. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Uh oh. 
Lord, why this verse? <laughs> Lift your hand. Now, please understand, I, I know that some of these things are figurative, and I understand that, but I, I believe that, see, in Jewish culture, when you bow down, to bow down can mean a couple things. It, it can be a bowing down of submission, of surrender, but it can also be, and we know this in our culture, it could be a sign of rebellion. Have we not seen a lot of people take a knee? So what's the point of raising the hand? The point of raising the hand is to say, I'm not rebellion. This is another sign of me saying, I surrender to him. You say, preacher, preacher, what's the point of that? Because some people can't see your heart. And they might see you in a place where you're going, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I feel like I, I want to give up. I, I feel like I, I want to want to quit. But 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 I, I'm not. I'm going to bow the knee. I'm, I'm, listen, this is very important for your family, men. They need to know you haven't given up, even though it's a hard season. But they need to know you haven't thrown in the towel. Whether we like it or not, we can look at the bills and we can look at the problems. And if we're not careful, we can give off the vibe to our family that God's not worth serving. Listen, God is worth serving. He's worth serving. And our families need to know that even in the hard times, he's worth praising. He's worth serving. And what he's saying is that there's other people that need to know, look, I haven't given up. I'm still serving God. I'm still following after him, even though it's difficult. And if you'll remember, there wasn't a lot of people there, but there were people there in the tabernacle. Listen, there are other people that are, the Bible says, no man lived to himself, no man died to himself. There are other people who are on the graveyard shift, who they might get their strength because they're watching you stand strong. They're watching you not give up. They're watching you continue to go forward for the cause of Christ. And again, here's what happens. In the middle of this, our effects, how we... Notice what it goes on a little bit. Lift up thy hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. He says there that... Putting this all together, behold, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which in the night stand in the house of the Lord, uh, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. He mentions this that we also need to stand. You say, preacher, that's a contradiction. First, you said we're supposed to bow the knee. Now you're saying we're supposed to stand. This particular version, this this word, again, you studied out of stand means be in your place. How many times have Christians gone through adversities and they say, well, pastor... I'm going to quit teaching Sunday school because it's just, you know how things are. Here's what he's saying. He's saying that, yeah, you're going to bow the knee, you're going to lift the hand, but be in your place. Now, I know that sometimes adversities come. My my wife is a Sunday school teacher, and as was mentioned, she broke her leg, so she can't be a Sunday school teacher. I told her she should. She said, only if you carry me down. I, I understand that. But can I say this? It's important. It's important when you go through adversities, that's not the time to jump ship. Preacher, you don't understand, I'm going through difficulty in my family. And if we just, if we just separated, maybe things, listen, no, no, no. That's the time you get closer, you get closer to God. That's when you spend the extra time in prayer. That's when you spend the extra time seeking God's word and finding counsel in the house of God and the things of God. Listen, when, when we go through adversity, if we're not careful, we can get to the place where we say, you know what? I, I just, I don't even know. We're not going to do Sunday night anymore. We're not going to do Wednesday night, Thursday night anymore. We're not going to do the bus route. Listen, that's the season that you stay close to the throne of God. 
Okay. Here we are. Last point. The Lord that made heaven and earth, blessed thee out of Zion. Now, if you look at this and study this, and, and if I'm wrong, I've studied this out, so I'm not. Well, you expect me to, don't you? <laughs> if the same root word and same belief here, bless the Lord in number one, verse number one, is to bow. Then number three says, the Lord that made thee out of heaven and earth, what's it say? Bless thee. Brother Cooper, you're the only one I know here besides my boys, and I use them all the time. Can I borrow you? At our church, if I use my kids, it means that I buy them ice cream. So Brother Dameron will buy you some ice cream. I see you're taller than the little kids. Okay, Brother Cooper has been through a valley. It's a dark season of his life. But he's a good Baptist. He's following the word of God. He's going to live his life. So, Brother, would you bow the knee? Okay. He's in, in humility. He loves the Lord. We're all watching him. We're going, is he? Okay. Is he protesting? No, no, no. Again, I know this is Baptist and this is hard. There. Good job. Amen. Great illustration. Help me out with this. With the primitive root word, the beginning, is a time of bowing and submission and also a bowing of closeness. And verse number three says... Verse number one says, we, we bless him. Verse number three says, he blesses us. Listen to me. The word of God says this. If you get mad and you throw a fit, you buck. He, he's not going to do anything. But if you will submit to him, say, Lord, Lord, it's, it's you. I'm trusting you. According to the word of God, he gets by you. It says, I'm here. Listen, that will not happen if you buck. He says, look, I, I know you're afraid, but I'm the lion of the tribe of Judah. Don't be afraid. I, I know that it's dark, but in me is light. I, I know that the, the enemy, he's wanting to, to try to steal from you, but I'm here to keep giving you my promises. I, I know that everybody else has left you, but I'll never leave thee nor Forsake thee. Please listen to me tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. You can buck. And you can throw a fit. And, and we've all done it. But you will miss out on the whole purpose. See, God wants to use your life to glorify Him. To glorify Him. And this song of degree, can I say this? This is a hard lesson. Nobody. We, we like the revival. We like the hanky-waving. We, we, we like the praise God. And, and again, all of us like the good seasons of life. But the reality is that you will go through difficulty. And in those seasons, in those seasons, you have got to keep your eyes on Him. Notice it says, the Lord out of Zion. And, and this, I'm closing up, I promise you. He says, this is the promise. There's going to be some seasons of your life where it's going to be difficult. But you just got to trust me. As I said at the beginning, I worked, I worked the graveyard shift, the, the night shift, for about, about six years. And during that particular season that I worked, I, I actually worked about 50 hours a week. And I was going to seminary. Um, I was an assistant pastor. 
uh, we were working on a house that was 100 years old, and we had had our first child. I did not sleep for 10 years. And I remember I worked a split shift, which, which some of you know that this is difficult, especially on third shift. When you work split shift on third shift, you don't know whether you're coming or going. And I, I remember that on that, that Tuesday night, which I'd been up for, for two solid days, on that, that Thursday night, I, or Tuesday night, I would be up for two solid days. But that next morning, I, one of my last jobs of the night was to check the condensers on the roof. And I usually did that about 5 a.m. And I would get up there at 5 a.m. and I would work from one end to the other and I would face the eastern sky because I could not wait for that sun to come up. Because that meant I was going home and I was going to bed. Can I say this? I read in the book of Revelations that there's coming a day where there'll be no more night. There'll be no more graveyard shifts. The Bible says that in in, in Revelations chapter number 21, it talks about, and God will wipe away all our tears. Can I say this today? I don't know where you are, but just hold on because light is coming. Don't buck him. Don't fight him. Just bow the knee. Surrender to him. Stay in your place. Give the strength that you need and keep your eyes on the Lord. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Pulpit. 2 Timothy chapter 4 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We pray that through the challenging preaching of the Word of God today, that you will be encouraged to stay faithful in preaching the Word and hearing the Word. Lester Roloff many years ago said, The world's greatest need is preaching preachers. Let's pray that in this day and this hour, we will stay faithful to the preaching of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to The Baptist Pulpit.